When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on a jam-packed football Friday. So much has happened. So much to come in an incredible weekend that will wrap up on Monday night. But it begins with a bruiser in the black and blue division. Here we go! Only one place to start. Joe Burrow is walking into the locker room. And he tried on the sideline as he was mm. throwing. He His throwing motion, he couldn't finish extending his right arm. He's struggling for sure. It looks like he sprained his wrist. So far in the game and then felt it on the touchdown pass. Right, brutal is the only word I can think of to describe what happened last night and what was supposed to be or looked like it was going to be the best Thursday night game we've had this season. And instead... It turned into a festival of terrible-looking injuries taken in order of significance. Joe Burrow with a hand or maybe some sort of nerve in the elbow. It's not clear exactly what it was, but he is hurt. There'll be an MRI. We are awaiting word on that. In the meantime, Mark Andrews, who, uh, let's face it, I I think is the second most important player on the Ravens' offense. Sure. Uh, It looks like he's going to be lost for the season. And then Odell Beckham got hurt at the end of the game, and hopefully that wasn't serious. So the final score was the Ravens a 14-point win, and they take total control of their division. But the big question is, are the Cincinnati Bengals done for the year? Graziano and Tannenbaum, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up. What is the answer to that question, Dan Graziano? Are the Bengals done? I think if Burrow has to miss significant time, then yes. I think if Burrow was able to come back, like, I don't, we don't know. If he's able to come back next week, right, and he can throw the ball fine, I don't put anything past Joe Burrow and the Bengals in terms of ability to come back from, from where they've just given away their whole margin for error, right? They, 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 they're losing every tiebreaker now against, in the division, in the conference, head to head to the Texans, right, who are in front of them. And if he has to miss time and they lose games as a result of that, I just don't know that. I, I just think it's too big a hole for them to come out of. I, I do. Yeah, I see it differently. Again, seven teams make the playoffs. Right now, the seventh seed in the AFC has five wins. So I'm not saying it's likely, but when you look at some of these teams and what they're dealing with from a quarterback standpoint, Aiden yeah. O'Connell, Gardner Minshew, who's obviously a little bit better, but Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be playing. And we're only in week 11. Like, if we're having this conversation in three weeks, guys, like, other quarterbacks are going to get hurt. And of all the things going on in that conference, like, I'm not saying it's likely, but they still have a lot of really good players, Jamar Chase yeah. and amongst many others, and I just I would not write them off. He's just he's just the engine in a way that so few guys are, even at that position. Like it just I remember when he got hurt in training camp and the the the, the vibes coming out of that building were like, Oh, we just hope he's okay. We just, like like it just, to an extent that I don't know. He, he just he's, he's the heart and soul and everything for them, and I, I think they need him. Look, sometimes it just looks like it isn't going to be your year. Yeah. Just when they finally seem to be moving in the right direction, they stub their toe. I'm not sure if that's the right way to put it. The loss last week really surprised me, and now this. And, and Dan, you set up a, a scenario in which, well, maybe he's able to play next week. And well, I know we don't we're know. just envisioning. Yes. 
that looked bad. Of the course. injury looked really bad, right? We just don't know what it is, right? right? So that's the thing. And, and Ta- am I supposed to be standing up, by the way? Like, you guys are both no, standing up. No, no, we're up. just it doesn't I'm matter. sitting down. I feel lazy. I think Taylor said it was a sprained wrist, but it was also clearly not something that he really wanted to get into, right? Like, like he seemed annoyed of having to talk about it. Burrow didn't really comment, I don't think, after the game, right? So, obviously, it indicates that it's something fairly serious, uh, we'll we'll find out. I, I I don't I don't know. Like it, it, I'd rather wait I wait for word on this than speculate. But hopefully for the Bengals' sake, and frankly for the NFL's sake, I mean this is a face of the of the league kind of guy. Uh, it's not too too bad. You know, agree. Just one thing, like being around the sport as long as I have, like, and hopefully he's okay. But typically players know their own body, yes. and just his facial, like watching his face, like, and I'm not a lip reader, but the way he embraced Lamar Jackson. You could tell that he was really concerned. Yeah. Shook his hand with his left hand, and when the two of them met on the field after the game was over, I, I saw the same thing you did. Yeah. You can read the body language and the lips, maybe not specifically the words he's saying, but it's obvious that what he's telling Lamar is, man, I, this is not good. So I, I think all signs point to big trouble there. It does. On the other side of it, the Mark Andrews injury I, I don't because Burrow is a quarterback and he's, he's an NFL superstar. We really spent pretty much all of our time this morning talking about him. But what emerges from last night is a Ravens team that has now beaten up the big boy in their division twice. They destroyed Detroit. They destroyed Seattle. They have been as good, basically, start to finish as any team in the NFL this season. The offense seems to be really coming into its own, and now they lose their security blanket. Like I, To me, Mark Andrews is the last guy... I would want them to lose ba- based on he's been there. He was drafted the same year as Lamar. So they oh, have, yeah. he's been his security blanket throughout. He is the second most productive tight end in the entire sport. This is a devastating blow, Dan. And you saw when it happened, Lamar go over there and you saw him throw his helmet down. Like you could tell how upset Lamar Jackson was. And, and you're absolutely right. He has been the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson Lamar's entire career. So they're going to have to reconfigure some things, right? They're going to have to lean more on the wide receivers. The young tight end, Isaiah Likely. I was looking at the first game of the season that Andrews missed. Uh, Zay Flowers, who was playing his first NFL game, got 10 targets and caught nine of them. So I wonder if they deploy him a little bit differently uh, with Andrews out. Uh, you know, we'll see. Odell Beckham had a big game, but he had to leave with an injury. Uh, so we'll see if he can continue to be a big part of things there. But it's going to be tough. They are going to have to operate differently on offense, plain and simple. Yeah, Greedy, the way Gross said it, I think is exactly right. It's reconfiguring because you always say, like, how do we get better And once you get past the trade deadline in the NFL, the only way you improve is from within. So from a Ravens standpoint, maybe in a month we're talking about Zay Flowers becoming dynamic in the slot because the improvement from within is going to come from somewhere beyond Isaiah likely. So Lamar Jackson on third down is going to pre-read somebody, and I think it's likely to me it's going to be Zay Flowers because he's the one guy that could really create space and could get in and out of cuts, but... I agree. This is a really, really big loss. Maybe they lean more on the running game, uh, and obviously they don't have a traditional running game, but Gus Edwards had a couple touchdowns last night. He has quite a few this year. We'll put him in the zone. Our friends at AutoZone asked us to pick someone who was in the zone last night. We'll give that to Gus Edwards and his two touchdowns in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. So that really does kind of beg the question, who do we love in the AFC? There's a lot to like. Do we love the Chiefs? Yeah. 
You love the Chiefs. Well, I mean, they've won a couple Super Bowls. No, I get it, but <laughs> the guy, a lot of the guys who've won it with them aren't there anymore. And no, I you know. watch their offense; it just they doesn't look right. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I still think you got to default to them. I think what's really cool about the Chiefs to be candid because it's so hard to do, guys. They have flipped the narrative. You really watch them; their defense is really yeah. good. And their tackles, I'm telling you, their tackles aren't nearly as good as they were. Like, their defense is ahead of their offense. So, I think they can win it, but it's a different way that they they would go about winning. Which, again, in the AFC right now, it's wide open. Well, so. that's the point. So, I want to fall in love with Jacksonville. They don't let me. Oh. Every time I think I want to fall in love with you, were at that game last Sunday, yeah, right? I mean, both that were. Was, what a... What a no show! I yeah, mean, I, I can't believe off that of happened. a bye too. Like, yeah, that was that was that was disappointing from a Jacksonville standpoint. And, and, and talking to San Francisco, before, they were thought it was going to be a knockdown dragout. Oh game. yeah, they were as surprised as anybody. Jags won five in a row. They were playing as well as anybody in the league. That's what I'm saying. Like, who can you trust? Well, that's my point. Patrick to Houston. Mahomes, Houston. I like them. Sure, a, a year or two from now, maybe I'll love them. And, and the kid is incredible. Yeah, but I'm not sitting here saying, okay, they're going on a run through the AFC. Indy, I feel the same way about. KC, yes, we have our questions about them. Chargers, forget it. Um, go to the north, Miami. Uh, but just let's live in the north a minute. Ravens, no. and then you know Cincinnati decimated. Cleveland lost their quarterback. Pittsburgh has no offense in the <laughs> AFC East. Miami, they've every time they've had a yeah. test this year, they failed. Buffalo looks awful. The Jets have no quarterback. New England doesn't count. So, I mean, it's, it's Kansas City, but by default, I guess. Yeah. And well, Baltimore. I mean, look, Kansas City's offense needs to get better. There's no question about it. I just have some faith in their coaching staff and their quarterback to get it better. I mean, I may get to the end of the season and turn out to be wrong, but I watched their defense get better through the year last year. Like, the young players on their defense that were considerably better and more effective players in January and early February than they were in September and October. And I think they're capable of doing something similar on the offensive side. The one name to keep on, Rasheed Rice. He seems like the one guy that's starting to emerge a little bit. Like, Sky Moore's a little bit of a gadget guy. Kadarius Tony's talented but not reliable. They're barely using him. Yeah, so, yeah. like, to me, like, Rasheed Rice could be the guy that emerges in terms of, like, the other guy outside of Kelsey. Huh. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Dan Graziano, Mike Tannenbaum, good enough to hang out. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Something I didn't get to ask you two guys about on TV because we just got so busy with so many things, but I wanted to, and so I'm glad I have a moment to do it here, is about Jim Harbaugh. So the big story yesterday was that Michigan and Harbaugh reversed their course. They have decided to drop their own, um, whatever it was called, restraining order or lawsuit, whatever. What was the, what was the actual term? What they were, an injunction they were yeah, trying yeah, they to were, fight? They were seeking uh, a temporary restraining order. A restraining order. And, and they decide they're going to accept the three-game suspension. And, but the storyline there, and Heather Dinich was very clear about it, is that that does not mean this is over. It means the Big Ten will live with this for the time being, but the NCAA investigation continues, and if you read the tea leaves and you hear the whispers, it sounds like there is a lot there. So whatever winds up happening this year, whether they lose to Ohio State or win the championship, do you, Mike Tannenbaum, believe that Jim Harbaugh will be back in the NFL next year? Yes, and look, I'm biased. My daughter goes there. I like Jim. I've known Jim for a long time. I think he's a great coach. And You look at the stats – in the history of pro football, as of today, from a winning percentage basis, he's the fifth highest, which yeah. is unbelievable when you think about the history of our sport. And if the three of us were running 
the Las Vegas Raiders, and you hate to talk about, but the Chicago Bears that don't have an opening. But if they did, and we were trying to develop a young quarterback yeah. and resurrect a franchise, I know there are some things that you'd have concerns about. I'm hard-pressed to think there's a better guy than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, look, it's eye of the beholder, right? Like, with the last couple of years, I think we thought Harbaugh might get back in. He interviewed in Minnesota a couple of years ago. He was connected with Denver last year. Those teams went different directions. It wasn't him that backed out, right? So uh, it hasn't been a slam dunk. He hasn't been interviewing for every single opening the last couple of years. But it only takes one team. And, you know, there's a connection there with the Raiders, who he, he, he started his career with as a coach, right? There's a, you know, there's a connection there with Chicago, because he played for them. So we don't know yet, but I do think it's obviously realistic to expect that he'll get some attention. The question, of course, is, is where that'll end up um, and whether someone actually pulls the trigger this time. He was very well liked by the McCaskey family when he was there in Chicago, I should say, almost perhaps almost too well liked. That was part of the narrative when he wasn't playing well was that he was sort of the owner's you know favorite ah. and all the rest of that and and, and all, all that and we're talking literally 30 years ago now um but i think that's one that makes sense too i think either of those two makes sense I agree we talked about this a little bit but we're going back a ways here but in the formative years of Pete carroll's coaching career didn't work out with the jets didn't work out with the patriots goes to usc has a great run things get bumpy there at the end goes to seattle <laughs> The rest of he got out ahead of the posse, right? Yeah. I mean, that's and, what he did. And Bumpies, you look at Jim, yeah. right? Head coach, University of San Diego, great. Stanford, great. 49ers, great. Michigan, great. And it just feels like, hey, does he do exactly what you just said? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there would be, to me, it would be, uh, like, I think he wanted to stay there long enough to, to sort of resurrect everything. That's his program. Yeah, that's his alma that. mater and all that. To some degree, he has done that. I know they haven't won a championship, but they finally beat Ohio State a couple of times. They finally got into the playoff, won a couple of Big Ten titles. That stuff matters a lot in the conference. Uh, And I think he might otherwise have been inclined to stay. But if he's going to be staring at, you know, lengthy suspensions and all that kind of stuff, I think he will get out of that. I'm interested to see what happens. Like, if he were to get a suspension, right, like – what would the NFL remember when Jim Tressel like went he got a job at the Colts and he was on suspend he had been suspended or somebody had been suspended at yeah. Ohio State for yeah. something and and the Colts actually honored it like they didn't they they made sure his job with them didn't start for the first six games like I wonder I wonder if the NFL would do something odd uh, I'd be he curious wasn't a head coach though yeah, like, yeah, no no I get it I, I understand it's not a direct parallel yeah. I'm just curious yeah the, uh, under the rules like there's no correlation so the NFL wouldn't have to abide by anything right. right I just they wonder if they would to. decide to I hear what you're yeah. saying could you imagine hiring Jim Harbaugh and then finding out that the league has decided he can't coach the first six <laughs> games it'd be like yeah. trading for Deshaun Watson and then fi- oh wait no <laughs> oh they, they already did that Got Guys, you are the best. Thank you. Where's your game this week? Do you weekend? stand the whole? Are you gonna stand for the no, whole two hours? No, I get up. Right. I sit. I'm I just do, curious. You know, it's a standing thing. I just have been sitting nonstop. I'm going for the to last Miami. They put Darlington in Kansas City for the week, so I get a Miami game. It's uh, it's good. Raiders, Dolphins. Yeah. I, I think Miami wins, but I think that's a sneaky, interesting game because what we're seeing is an Antonio Pierce bounce the way. Dan Campbell did it when he was an interim coach. And Max Crosby's the kind of guy that can mess with Tua's timing, and that seems to be how you get Miami, right? a very good Sunday in the NFL leading up to a huge Monday. I'll have my takes coming up next. Fellas, you're the best. Thank have you both seat. for hanging around. We roll on in a moment on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, so much to say, so little time. In 30 seconds, we will assemble the members of the Hashtag Crew around me and we will dive into last night and this weekend and all that is happening on one of the busiest football Fridays of the year. But again, these 30 seconds are for Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Well, every now and again, it just isn't your year, and every now and again, it is. And I think we are seeing both of those on display right now. It just isn't Cincinnati's year. And this is a great example of how in sports, particularly the sport of football, the idea that, well, next year will be the time, it just doesn't work that way. How many times have we seen teams and we thought their window was just opening, they'll get back there, they'll have plenty more opportunities, and then something happens. It just doesn't work out. When the Bengals made that incredible run a few years ago, we thought, oh, for sure, they'll be back in the Super Bowl. For sure, they're going to win rings with Joe Burrow. And I certainly believe that they can and maybe still will. But in this moment, they're finished. The Bengals aren't winning anything of consequence this year. Everything is stacked up against them. Everything is working against them. And worst of all, that is a bad injury. Joe Burrow cannot grip a football. That's not because he has a sprained hand. That's because he he did something in his elbow or something where his hand was numb. You can see him turn to the trainer when he threw the ball and then dropped it and say it. So it's just not their year. They were a good example of that phenomenon. The Buffalo Bills are an even better one. 
When they lost that game where they were 13 seconds away from knocking out Kansas City a few years ago, the one thing you took solace in was, oh, well, they're going to come back for sure. The Bills will be the team to beat next year. Well, next year was last year, and they got knocked out of the playoffs around earlier, and this year they may not even make it. In sports today more than ever before, and in particularly in football, when you get your chance, you've got to grab it. And the Bills didn't do it, and at least for the moment, the Bengals didn't do it. We'll get to the good side of it in a minute, but Hembo, Bengals, go. It's hard to believe that we're living in a world in which Josh Allen and Joe Burrow might be watching the playoffs from home. Like, we're talking about two of the, I don't know, half a dozen or so best quarterbacks in the whole league. These are teams that you, you know, you shoo into the playoffs. Like, when we're doing this stuff in August, we're predicting what's going to happen this season. You're just, you're just assuming certain things, and one of the things you're assuming is that each of those two teams are getting in, you're 100% right. The best time to capitalize on success is when you're having it. These are two great young quarterbacks, but the best time to capitalize on having a great young quarterback is when they're on that rookie contract. Because atrophy happens to your roster, and sometimes people get hurt. In the case of the Bills, it's the roster. In the case of the Cincinnati Bengals, it's the injuries. This is why you can't bank three losses in the first month of the season. Those, uh, those games count the same in the standings as they do in January. Well, and that's why I gave Burrow credit for trying to go at the beginning of the year. The circumstances couldn't have played themselves out worse when he came back quickly from the calf, as quickly as he could. He knew that. He knew that what you're saying is true. He knew they started with two division games. He knew they couldn't afford to lose both of them, so he tried to get back, but he clearly wasn't himself, and so they lost them anyway. Now, the way it turned out well in that regard was the Cavs seemed to stop being a problem, and they looked like they were just starting like on a rocket ship to the moon. I said on this show two weeks ago that if I had to pick one team to get to the Super Bowl, it would be Cincinnati. What a horse's patootie I look like now for saying that. Because since then, they haven't won a game, and now Burrow is down, and he's done. So do we have any disagreement from the rest of the hashtag crew? Bubba, Cam, do either of you still believe the Bengals make the playoffs? No. I mean, I didn't think they were making it anyway, and I definitely don't think they're making it now. I thought if they won last night, they were going to still win the division. I thought they were going to win last night. I I just continue to believe in them, I guess, and in him. I thought they were going to win that game last night, and I thought they were going to win that division. And obviously, all of that went by the wayside. Cam? I think it's crazy that a week ago, and this is a lesson of why it's dangerous to overreact, but it's also a lesson of why we do, because six, seven days ago, we wouldn't have been surprised if all four AFC North teams made the playoffs. Now Watson's out, Burrow's down for however long we think, and I wouldn't be shocked if one team from that division made the playoffs. The Steelers Steelers have a pretty easy schedule, but they keep getting outgained, and they can't do that forever, so... One week ago, we were thinking all four of these teams are making it into the playoffs. Now it open, opens it up for teams like the Chargers, the Texans, the Jets, the Bills. So, you know, it's a reason why we overreact, but also why it's so dangerous, too. Well, at the risk of overreacting, a moment ago I told you, sometimes it isn't your year and sometimes it is. That brings us to the Steelers. Nothing has ever been anyone's year like this is Mike Tomlin's year. Tomlin has somehow Tomlined his way to a 6-3 and three record. And listen to what the Steelers have coming up. In fact, I'll make this sneaky big news. Sneaky big news. The Steelers are going to be 10-3. and three. The Steelers played Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Did I say that right? Is that his name? DTR, Dorian yeah. Thompson-Robinson. Mm-hmm. On Sunday. Then they play what I would be stunned is not a Burrowless Bengals team the following week. 
So the next two weeks, they will play the two teams who just lost their quarterbacks. <clears throat> first game for the Browns since they lost theirs. First game for the Bengals since they lost theirs. And then they get Arizona and then New England. I don't care how average the Steelers are. They're going to win three of those games. Let's say something goes terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. They're going to be nine and four. I'm here to tell you in a very, very mediocre AFC, nine and four, it is an, almost an impossibility that if the Steelers get to nine and four, they don't wind up getting into the playoffs. No, they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, the only way that they win the division, though, I think, is, is if Lamar Jackson gets hurt also. And I think that the way that we look at schedules can be instructive. But what still matters more than who you play is how good you are. And there's, a, in my opinion at least, despite the result the first time they played, a pretty sizable gap between the Ravens and the Steelers. Like, the Steelers are the Vikings from last year. They're going to find a way to win 11, 12, or 13 games and then lose in the playoffs immediately because they're not that good. But that's a testament to how good their coach is, how good their system is, their process is, because no other team without that kind of infrastructure could have this kind of success because, honestly, I think they stink. Yeah. I know. I mean, they, I mean they've been outgained in every game, and they've been Remarkable. outscored massively on the season. And yet they're going to be 10-3, and three, which is <laughs> one of the truly remarkable stories that we've seen in a long time. Hey, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and, infor- and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, something very important. The Scoop. We spoke earlier this week about the increasing significance, increasing role that gambling, legalized gambling, is playing in our culture of sports today and the role that I am delighted to be playing with it as part of ESPN Bet, the new app that we launched this week. And I told you that I would have a Seeing Green Boost wager for you every week, and the first one applied to last night. The boost was on total combined yards, passing, and touchdowns for Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. If you played that boost, if you played that bet, I want you to know that ESPN Bet is refunding your wager. Due to an early injury to Joe Burrow, I'm reading this directly from the folks that I'm working with at ESPN Bet. Due to an early injury to Joe Burrow, we've decided to refund your wagers on the Seeing Green boost paid back in a bonus bet. So the fact that Burrow went down yesterday and the circumstances of that that we'll discuss in a moment are not going to cost you whatever money it was that you bet on this. And I am delighted that that is the decision that we have chosen to make. My name is associated with this. I think it is fair, reasonable, and the right decision. Full disclosure, I didn't get to make the decision, but I am delighted that they were uh, that the decision was made. I think it's the right thing to do. So again, due to the injury to Burrow, they are refunding your wager on the Seeing Green boost. That said... The league is investigating why the Bengals didn't list Burrow on their injury report when the team posted a picture of him wearing a device on his wrist Wednesday night and he appeared to be hampered by the injury early in yesterday's game. The initial picture of Burrow wearing a device that looked like a soft cast was posted by the Bengals, then deleted later. We showed some video of him. It looked like getting off the team plane or or, or coming through an airport Um, we showed it on TV this morning, where he clearly has something on his hand. Now, as Graziano explained, the injury report designation is very complicated, particularly this week. They play Sunday, then they play again Thursday with travel. 
So they did not practice. They did not have a full practice. Everything they did was basically walk through. So he did not miss any practice. There wasn't any practice for him to miss. So the designation of injury generally comes from limited in practice, that sort of thing. He wasn't limited. But as Mike Tannenbaum pointed out this morning, the league now wants you to err on the side of over-reporting. So when Patrick Mahomes, who was not limited at any practice, wakes up on the Sunday morning of a game and has flu-like symptoms or feels ill in general, they tell the world that immediately. So that when Mahomes goes out and plays a bad game that night, which he did, there is an explanation and they can't say you weren't informed of this. That is the impact that gambling is having on the sport. And I think in the big picture, it's a good thing. Yeah, the lack of knowledge here caused millions of dollars to change hands because 68% of the public was on Cincy plus three and a half. That would not have been the case if the public knew that Joe Burrow had a hand in part because the line would not have been three and a half. This is critically important. I'm really glad that ESPN bet is doing the, uh, bet is doing the refund because they should be. You might recall something like a month ago, Bijan Robinson had like one carry for three yards. I think it was week seven. I came on the show the next day and said, this is ridiculous. We can't live in a world in which I might put money on him doing something without knowing that he might not be 100%. And we got tweets later that day saying that, you know, whatever sports book you used refunded them. So this is a good thing. The sports books are doing the right thing in this case. And sometimes the teams are not. Teams need to be, and coaches, need to be hypersensitive to this stuff. And playing on a short week is not a good enough excuse. So as most things do, these changes will not come day by day or even year by year. They'll come generation by generation. And football generations are generally four or five years long. I'm old enough to remember a time when defensive players were saying, you can't change where I can hit a guy, how I can hit a guy. I'll never be able to adjust to that. I can't do that. You're asking me to do the impossible. And here we are 10 years later, and no one even talks about it Mm -hmm. anymore. The idea of hitting a receiver in the head never even enters the mind of a defensive player. It changes the sport, and players adjust and adapt. It takes some time. Coaches now, they are still, most of them today are still of the mindset, we don't release any information, we don't absolutely have to, because they've been in the league at a time when you didn't, and they learned from people like Bill Belichick and others that you don't want the world to know anything. Any information we give up is potentially damaging to our own chances. But as this becomes more and more part of the culture, more and more part of the way business is done in the NFL, it will just seem totally normal Three or four years from now, it will seem totally normal to everyone involved Mm -hmm. that you over-report, that you err on the side of transparency for all the reasons you're describing. And as a bit of a digression, if you're like me, who like once a week you get enraged by the fact that they call a roughing the passer when it's clearly not a roughing the passer, just keep in mind that I counted this morning, 17 out of the 32 teams in the league have gotten considerable snaps from their backup quarterback, and we're just past the halfway mark. Like well, this, I, I think, did Tannenbaum say that there have been 48 starting quarterbacks already? 48 already. Starting. Forget about starting. 48 starting quarterbacks. This was the first game of week 11. The, the, your backup quarterback, in many cases, is the second most important position on your roster. Teams should, tra- uh, should start treating it as such, and this is why the league goes to great lengths to protect their quarterback. Baba? Yeah, so I, I, the thing I'm going back to is I agree 100% that I think they should refund the money in this example, because I think, in this sense, I think clearly the Bengals, whether they did it on purpose or not, there was some questionable things going on, but the thing I go back to is when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I think I remember a lot of the sports books refunded there. So, I mean, it's kind of different, but what do you think 
for that? Do you think they should be refunding on just any injury? Re, re, what did they refund? Remind me. Just if you basically can. anyone who bet on essentially the Jets winning or anyone basically who bet on that game, people were able to re, basically just nu- they nullified the game basically because hmm. Rodgers got injured four plays into the game. And they were like, ah, oh, you know, crazy play. We're just going to cancel it. And to me, I think injuries happen. That's part of the game. Like, right. That's just a normal play. If the Bengals are hiding something or something's a little fishy, the Bijan Robinson, that's a little weird. I think, yes, that's that's literally toying with people's money. But whatever happens during the game, that's fair play to me. Yes. I don't think that they should be obligated to do something like that. But again, these are things they can choose to do if they want to as a goodwill gesture. So if if I'm ESPN bet wasn't up then, but if if I'm like I'm I'm delighted that people are going to get their money back on my bet from last night because I think it'll in- people will be more inclined to want to do it again. Exactly right. So I'm not going to lose my money if something like that happens to me again. So I think there's an element of goodwill that is involved in a decision like that. Yes, too. these apps, these companies are making so much money from this that refunding the public on occasion when something like this happens being an act of goodwill is only going to incentivize people wanting to play more. Bubby, you're exactly right. I'm looking right now at an article from week one. I did not remember this saying that they refunded this. Welcome to, uh, to New York Aaron Rodgers boost for that game. So I don't know if it was like just you know betting on the game itself or it was something player specific. But I honestly think that instills a lot of confidence in me as a better that if something unforeseen happens, I'm not going to lose my money, and that would make me more inclined to make future bets. And look, this is why they call it gambling, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it is because you are taking a risk. If you played, I don't know what the Jets' uh, season total was for find this it. year, the over-under. I think it was seven and a half. Was that all it was? Maybe eight and a half. See, again, that factors in the possibility that Rodgers gets hurt. If Rodgers is healthy, the Jets might have seven wins. I think they would have seven wins now. The Jets would have blown past yeah, That's a good that. point. You make an interesting point here that I hadn't really thought of. So, so tell me what you think of this. One of my favorite people to talk football with over my 27-year career at ESPN was Bill Polian. Bill worked here at ESPN for a long time, and I always so enjoy talking to him. So smart and, and has so much history in the sport and so insightful. And I was asking him one time about the year that Peyton Manning got hurt in Indianapolis. They were so ill-equipped at backup. The backup quarterback was Curtis Painter. And, and you may recall, he, he didn't look any better than, than uh, Tommy DeVito, right? They had no chance of winning games that year. And I remember asking Bill, why didn't you have, why weren't you more prepared? And he said, here was our philosophy. We thought to ourselves, if Peyton goes down, all our goals are done anyway. It, there's no one I can have backing him up that I'm going to say, Manning is done, we're still winning the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is our only goal. So I'm not going to waste any resources on that position, which isn't helping Peyton win the championship. I'm going to use that on a linebacker or whatever it is that is going to somehow you know, make a tackle on special teams because whoever it is I'm spending that money on, I'm hoping doesn't play a single snap all year. And if they do, I'm dead anyway, no matter who they are. Mm. Do you think that that philosophy has to change now? Well, I mean, it, it, it's one thing to have that philosophy of Peyton Manning as your quarterback, and that was the last season he, has, he ever played for them. Peyton Manning protected himself as well as any quarterback that ever lived. And he was also sort of on the back nine at that point. But you're, yes, absolutely. I'm investing a lot in my backup quarterback because if the differential is Peyton Manning to Curtis Painter, then the other 52 players don't matter at all. So what's the point? 
You Tune know? in for a college football doubleheader tomorrow. We got USC UCLA, followed by Washington Oregon State, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 3 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, Hembo is making enemies. All of a sudden, he is writing checks that I'm going to have to cash. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. In just a moment, we'll explain how Hembo just continues to make enemies for this program, which is the last thing we need. Uh, But a very quick mention that our book would make an outstanding Christmas gift. Um, And if you are, if you have someone in your life who you think would enjoy a book um, about sports debate and sports history, the book is called Got Your Number, and it's available right now at a special price. You can go to the pinned top tweet on my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny. Again, it's pinned at the top. You'll see a link, and you can order now um, and get it in plenty of time for the holidays for anyone in your life who you think might enjoy the book. And as always, we thank you very much for your support. Now, having said all of that, we got to get into this. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Hembo is making enemies left and right. I can't step away for two minutes. So first, he's he's getting into it with Evan Cohen who starts, you know, does mornings here, starts the day on ESPN Radio nationally. Then I go away for one day. I miss yesterday for a doctor's appointment. And the next thing I know, you got Michael Kay and all the guys on the Kay show in New York mad at us. Now, what the actual heck is going on here? What did I miss? Yeah, so while you were gone yesterday, I proposed that the Yankees trade Garrett Cole the day after he won the Cy Young Award. You proposed the Yankees trade Garrett Cole? Yeah, that was my proposal. And Michael Kay, the voice of the team. Why, what kind of proposal is that? The, the logic here is that his value will never be higher. He's 33 years old. He's got a, an opt-out from, uh, from his contract at the end of next season. If he decides to exercise it, the Yankees have to add a 10th year 
The Yankees aren't especially close to competing. I create this like perfect like scenario in which they turn Garrett Cole into Juan Soto, and this is what Michael Kay said about it. He's got a no-trade clause, so he probably would only agree to go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers don't have prospects mm. like the Orioles or, or like Bobby Witt Jr. of the of the of the Royals. They don't. You're not going to get anything near the value. Of course, you don't trade your best player. Come on, Hembo, come but, back but, but, to but, us. But again, I think you're overly aggressive against the take. I agree with you. But, like, to come back to me? I mean, he's your best player, but when your pitcher's your best player and you're a team that doesn't consistently hit and it, it ends well, up he's resulting... he's co-best player. Because right. Judge is your best player. Right. But you look at He was on the team last year. He's been on the team all these years and they haven't been able to but, win because it's not enough. I agree with the, you, but it's not It's not a, it, it's not a I crazy think it's, take. I think it's a crazy take. Right, well, that's, you're going to trade the disagree. Cy Young Award winner. Well, who cares about that? But that means he's the best pitcher in the American right. League. What, you're going to trade him. He was the best pitcher in baseball a team that went 82 and 80. So uh, that didn't sound that angry. No, I mean, he was just very, there was a lot of agitation in his voice. Well, I mean, Michael is easily uh, <laughs> agitated. I mean, if you know Michael, he did, you know, and you are one who tends to wear on people. So I think when that, that combination is like a ticking time bomb. Right. When you put you and Michael K alone in a room together, I guarantee you he's going to want to kill you in five minutes. Yes, I'm the agitatees. Okay, so I want to try to sell you on this. Do you mind? On what? On trading Garrett Cole. Well, no, because I, 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 something else happened in this conversation that I think is infinitely more important. Oh, that's right. Right? Yeah. So we could talk all you want about Garrett Cole. Who the hell cares? This then happened. My buddy Peter Rosenberg, these guys all do the same show. It's the Michael K. Show on ESPN Radio New York. Peter Rosenberg then got into this. There's so many people who look like Richie Cunningham and can get it in with the best of them. You know, people who look like nerds. Now, no, you, you know, you'd want to be surprised... I see a clip of a guy on our page who's, I don't know him from Adam, okay? And based on nothing but his voice quality, I'm as judgmental as Michael. I'm like, I could not picture this guy. Weed every day. <laughs> Paul Hambakides. It's Hembo. I don't know Hembo from Adam, but when I hear him on Greeny, his voice quality, I cannot picture him saying to someone, pass the blunt. <laughs> now, so this obviously got way out of control. I don't know how this came up. I know Peter. I've known Peter for years. He is suggesting that you have never said, pass the blunt. <laughs> and my question to you is, do you even know what that means? I mean, I know what it means, I think, like pejoratively, but I've obviously never said that or seen that. What do you mean pejoratively? Well, I've never... You know, if someone you know, says, what? pass the blunt, do you know what that means? Yeah, I mean, I just, yes, I assume that means someone is smoking something and, and is asking me if I'd like to partake. What, what is that something? I assume marijuana? Right. Okay. You assume correctly. Okay. So, so a blunt... It, which is, I, I, it, it's like a big fat one, like a big fat rolled up uh, uh, joint. You know, I, I'm just looking at your face. You, you're not, you're not registering anything I'm saying. And I'm also trying to keep this. I know we have people listening to us of with course. their kids. Mm -hmm. So let's dive out of what a blunt is. Okay. And let's get into the fact that is he right that you've never said those words out loud? He is a hundred percent right. Have you ever heard them spoken <laughs> in your presence? No. No one has ever had occasion to say that in a room in which you were sitting. Not a, no, for sure not. You went to college, you've lived your life, mm -hmm. and that, that has never come up around you've you. You've not found a more straight-edge person than I have. Okay, so on your, mm -hmm. like you got a little a vacation time, right? Let's say you're going to go away for a couple of days, just you and your buddies. No, Lizzie's not coming, this is just you and your buddies. What do you do? Okay, I actually can provide you a pretty good example. So this summer, uh, as you said many times, I took a, an irresponsibly long paternity leave, and Lizzie gave me one weekend to do whatever I wanted. I went down to Washington, D.C. to visit a good friend. We did two things on this Saturday. 
All right. The first thing we did was visit Ford's Theater. Are you aware of... Uh, yeah, that's where Lincoln got shot? Yes, yeah. yeah. That's where Lincoln was assassinated. So that's how we spent our afternoon. Right, that's a historical thing to do, I we, guess. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It was a very moving experience. And then we went back to his place. We didn't go out. That was our outing. We went back to his place. And I mean this when I say this. That evening, on YouTube, we watched Game 7 of the 1952 World Series. Okay. That's why I went down, and that is what we did. <laughs> what? And while they were watching it, he said... Pass the remote. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, uh, you watched Game 7 of the 1952? Is that, I'm just, is that Eddie Lopat? Eddie Lopat, Joe Black. Yeah, good pull. Allie Reynolds got the win in that game. Mickey Mantle had a go-ahead homer in the sixth inning, as you recall. I don't recall that because it's 15 years before I was born. It's 40 years before you were born. Was that game even on television? Uh, yes, it was on television. Uh, the black and white copy is still available on YouTube, like I said. It was a good game. And you guys, you, you know, watched. Like, stop, 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 okay. stop, stop. I'm just trying to redirect. There's no redirection going on here in a minute. You're telling me that on your couple of days off, you and your buddy sat in an apartment in Washington, D.C. and watched Game 7 of the 1952 World Series? Yeah, but only after we honored Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Now what were you? What were you drinking? I mean, what, Water, you, soda, what, yeah. beer, uh, wine. I don't recall what we were drinking. I know we weren't smoking. Right. Um, was there any alcohol involved? There was, was none. No. I mean, I didn't. I wanted to be. I wanted to be lucid for the game. <laughs> of course. <laughs> were you keeping score? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, Lopat's throwing couch pillows up there, man. He's like sitting low eighties. I, 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 Mickey Mantle would have been good in, in this day and age. Eddie Lopat would never have cracked a big league rotation these days. You know, the saddest thing about this, of the many... There's only one? Yeah, no. There are so many things about it that are sad. But by far the saddest is that he's not making this up. Like, people think there's Fair, no yeah, way that's, that's sad. this can be true. But it is. He watched Game 7 of the 1952 World Series recently. Bubba, like, you know how like you'll make plans with a friend and like decide where you're going that night to sure. go out to eat, to drink, whatever? Like, we talked in advance about which Game 7 we were going to watch, and we landed on the one in 52. Wow. What, what were the other options? There have not been that many. 91? 91, 60. I mean, the Bill Mazeroski. Bill Mazeroski. You know, we, we, we wanted to see what Lopat had in his arsenal. Did you want to see wouldn't? that? Mm-hmm. We did. <laughs> we all do. I'm, I'm speechless. I, it, the only thing I can think to say is, pass the blunt. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this conversation. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.